Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to Kid Kong at the Movies. I am once again your host, Kid Kong. And after about a two-month absence of this, we're going back to Kid Kong's Rewind Review. Today, we're going to be talking about a movie that, as a child, I loved. Watched it on TV anytime it happened to come on. And then as an adult, I own it. I have seen it countless times. And at some point, I do plan on showing my daughter it. The 1987 film, Harry and the Hendersons. Now, a little bit of a background on this one, which is also going to end up being a little bit of a background on me. Uh, my brother and I grew up the first roughly 13 years of my life in the Pacific Northwest, specifically Washington State, a small little community called between Alger, and we also lived for a while in Bellingham, but we moved all over the, all over that area. Uh, Washington, of course, is one of several states, the other two being, you know, Arizona or uh, Oregon, rather, and California, that have played host to numerous Bigfoot sightings over the years. Whether Bigfoot is real or not really depends on who you ask and what their experience are. Uh, I have some friends who believe that if they are real, they are not from this planet. I wouldn't go that far. There are others who think that they are simply a missing link, like a lost remnant of Gigantopithecus. I don't know if I would go that far either. Uh, all I know is that growing up up there, you know, you didn't go in the woods at night for obvious reasons. But there were little signs and little sounds that we would hear growing up that just... It didn't sound like normal animals. And because of that... I personally have always believed that there could very easily be something out there. But that's not this kind of a podcast. You know, that kind of podcast is better served for people who enjoy talking about uh, cryptozoological fact features. To which that end, if you do like that kind of a thing, there is an excellent podcast I found called The Lore Lodge that talks about that a lot. Not me. I'm Movies. And this, I guess, probably because of where we grew up and because of all the sightings that have happened over the years, the sounds that my brother and I heard playing in the woods, like, I've always kind of felt attached to this movie. So Now, it's been a little while since I've done a rewind review, so I'm going to stick to a couple of basics here. It was directed, written, and produced by William Deere. Now, William Deere, in addition to the new and this, did If Looks Could Kill, Wild America, and another movie that I was quite fond of as a kid, Angels in the Outfield. It was executive produced by Steven Spielberg, but he's uncredited for that. The great John Lithgow stars in this film. I love John Lithgow. Uh, my first ever exposure to him was this movie, followed shortly by Third Rock from the Sun. That sitcom has remained a favorite of mine to this day. A uh, couple of other actors that were in that went on to their own respectable careers, but the other name I want to talk about those in this was Kevin Peter Hall. Now, Kevin Peter Hall portrayed Harry, the Bigfoot. Uh, Kevin Peter Hall also portrayed the Predator in the movie Predator. He's about seven foot one. And this was one of his final film roles, from what I understand. It was filmed in and around Seattle in the Wallingford, Bullard, and Beacon Hill neighborhoods, as well as up and down I-90. I-90 being the major highway that my brother and I spent the most of our time growing up off of. 
the makeup of creature design was done by Rick Baker. Now, Rick Baker, I've mentioned him on here before when I talked about The Exorcist and when I talked about Men in Black. He has won Oscars for his makeup and effects and designs for An American Werewolf in London, Ed Wood, Men in Black, The Nutty Professor, The Grinch, that's the 2001 that was uh, directed by Ron Jeremy, and Wolfman was his final one, which I really loved his rendition of Wolfman. It was made on a budget of $10 million, pulled in $50 million at the box office. Believe it or not, this film actually won the Academy Award for Best Makeup and Effects. So yes, Harry and the Hendersons is an Oscar-winning film. Oh, basically, the movie starts out... Uh, George Henderson, played by John Lithgow, and his family are coming back from a camping-slash-hunting trip. They accidentally strike what they think is a deer. He gets out to look at it. It is not a deer. It is clearly Bigfoot. They think he's dead. They strap him on the top of the car to try and bring him back. He is not dead. Now they are trying to keep a Bigfoot hidden in their home. They try to domesticate him by teaching him some tricks. Uh, un unintentionally. I, I should say unintentionally, because at first... They were going to plan on trying to get him back out there. They did that. They they got food and they threw it in the car to try and get him to come out and get in the car. Of course, he trashed that. Uh, the dog didn't particularly like him at first, but then he does something where he holds the dog by the nape of the neck, brings it in close, and just kind of holds it against himself. And then when he lets it go, it's perfectly friendly to him again. One of my favorite scenes, bar none in this film, is when he is sitting there laughing uproariously watching the television. My brother and I would imitate that laugh so much when we were kids. We loved that part. <laughs> His wife, uh, George Henderson's wife, uh, actress, looks at him and goes, I don't think he wants to leave. I think he wants to stay here. Eventually, they uh, realize that they can't keep him there. He's been sighted a couple of times. He eventually, you know... He ends up getting loose at one point in the city, and they go trying to find him. Eventually, they're able to find him, but there's a hunter trying to come after him. He has a Bigfoot specialist who he finds off on the highway somewhere that comes with him as well that has wanted to see Bigfoot his entire life. Of course, Bigfoot has been taught how to, quote-unquote, to sit, which means when they tell him sit, he will jump up wherever he is and crash his 500-pound behind onto whatever he is around, whether it is a chair, a couch, a pool table. Uh, at some point, he is living in the basement when there are no stairs because he has destroyed said stairs. They load him up into the van to try and get him back to the woods and back to safety while they're being hunted after by the little hunter guy. And at one point, they're stuck, they're stuck in traffic. And having watched television, Harry, that's what they have named him, proceeds to stick his head out the window and screech like an ambulance and all the cars get out of the way so he can get going. Um, they get up to the woods. He doesn't want to leave. George not only tr yells at him very sadly to try and get him to leave, you know, like, get out of here. Don't you see we don't watch you anymore? He actually ends up striking him to get him to run away. Well, they feel like they've done the right thing. They get ready to go home. They realize... He is still being hunted. So to try and throw the hunter's tracks off, George Henderson and them, they get molds of Bigfoot's feet and they're walking around 
stomping on the ground to make it appear like a Bigfoot is out there somewhere. Of course, Harry is watching this. The dog comes with them, manages to get a hold of the hunter's leg, and is chewing at the hunter's pant leg. The hunter picks the dog up and throws it. Harry catches him, and of course he's like, no, you don't mess with my dog, gets over to the guy, and is about to kill the guy, but then they get him to understand, they get Harry to stop, and they get him to understand that he is a complex creature. Like, he is not just a simple animal. He has thoughts, he understands. They tell Harry, you know what, we're going to go ahead and we're going to bring you back with us, you're going to get to live with us. But Harry realizes that he must stay in the woods. And, uh, I want to say, it's, it's been a little while since I've seen the movie, I want to say that George Henderson looks at him and goes, you know, we'll miss you, and don't, don't be a stranger if you see us, okay? And Harry looks at him and goes, okay, and says it back to him, and they realize, oh, oh crap, he can talk. And as he's walking away, a couple of other Bigfoots that were hiding in plain sight, because that's what they do, followed him back out into the woods, and that's the end of that film. Um... It got middle-of-the-road reception. Some people liked it. Some people did not. As time has gone by, it has been a little bit more kindly seen by some of its original detractors. Not all of them. Some of them feel that the sight gags and funny lines that we see in this film are not sufficiently hidden by the fantastic effects work. Others have called it juvenile. They... It is what it is. It's one of those 19, late 1980s family movies that was made that someone like myself absolutely loves because, you know, growing up without a whole lot of money, sometimes you got to make your own fun and watch what you can. It also doesn't hurt matters that, again, where we grew up, that's one of the reasons why it was so intriguing to us. My brother and I would go out in the woods and, you know, we'd leave stuff like, <laughs> we'd leave like Twinkies and things like that out there and we're like, well, we're just we're leaving it for, for a Bigfoot, for Harry or for a Henderson. Never realizing we're probably feeding raccoons, possums, God knows what. And, yeah, it's, it's just the thoughts of children. Um, it did spawn a television show. Less for three seasons, a staggering 72 episodes were produced of this. I didn't realize there was that many episodes of this series. I had only seen a few episodes here and there. Uh, what I'll, I'll never forget where I first accidentally found it. I got up at like 5 o'clock in the morning one day for school. Don't, don't ask me why. I was 11 years old. I just couldn't sleep. Went out, turned on the television. It's the same way I discovered shows like Extreme Dinosaurs, Blinky Bill, uh, the animated Mask series, etc. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Harry and the Hendersons is on. And then it gets to the credits almost immediately after. And I'm like, this isn't how the movie ends. And I sat there and I watched the next episode. And come to find out there was a whole series of it. I've since looked into it. Uh, the mother and father characters are from the, sa are the same ones from the movie. The whole family is. But they are played by different actors and actresses. They also introduce a next door neighbor with a child. And over the of course of the first two seasons, it's trying to keep Harry hidden and trying to make sure nobody finds him. In the third season, opener, he is accidentally revealed to the world. And while he has to deal with, like, scientists wanting to run tests and things like that on him, he's actually much happier because people are actually much more accepting than they thought. And the family has less stress because they're not trying to hide him as much anymore. 
Kevin Peter Hall would reprise his role, however, as Harry in season one. However, that would ultimately be the final role he did across any media. He passed away in 1991. His role was filled by his understudy, whose role in turn was filled by his understudy. I love this movie. Like I, like I, I know I've said it a couple times, and this isn't going to be a very long episode because there's not a whole lot to talk about with this. It's just a simple, quick review. Um, growing up in the area, like if you grew up in Washington or in the Pacific Northwest, you'll see various things that will remind you of it. Uh, I have been in the, some of the neighborhoods in Seattle that this was filmed in, so I've, I've seen these areas. And it's just, it's a nice little fun little family movie to watch with your kids when they're younger. I mean, nobody gets, nobody dies. Nobody gets seriously injured. No one gets abandoned. Like, yes, there's the sad moment with him and Harry. But it's almost immediately reconciled within like a matter of five or ten minutes. If you've got small children that like this kind of thing, I 100% implore, go ahead, watch Harry and the Hendersons. It's fantastic. Uh, we'll probably show my daughter at some point over the weekend since we got the weekend to ourselves. We'll see. But this was Kid Kong's Rewind Review on Harry and the Hendersons. Uh, next week, it's back to business as usual with an episode of Kid Kong at the movies. And I'm going to be talking about Ang Lee's Hulk and why that film is arguably the only Hulk film to actually get the Hulk right. I may have a guest on that episode. I don't know yet. But... I've also been kicking around the idea of starting another podcast uh, on a completely unrelated topic. I, I don't have anything concrete in place yet. I've actually only just begun researching what I would be about, although I have an idea, so I don't really want to say too much yet. And it's honestly probably several months away from starting. So just little thoughts that I have on in general like that, you know what I mean? Just anyway, I don't want to hold up any more of your time than necessary. This Again, I'm sorry this is a shorter episode, but this is just a, a typical Kid Kong Rewind review. I'm looking back at an old movie from my childhood or a show from my childhood that I very much loved. The next one of these I will do will probably be on the animated series Street Sharks, and I'm actually planning on having a guest on that one, so we'll see. I am Kid Kong. I will see you at the movies.